0: Welcome to the Juno Report, brought to you by Guide Dog Users Incorporated, a special interest affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. The Juno Report is a monthly audio magazine featuring all things guide dogs, training programs, and items of general interest to guide dog teams. We welcome your feedback, ideas, and suggestions. Get in touch with the Juno Report by emailing Report at guidedogusersinc.org. Again, that email address is Juno J U N O Report at guide dog users na dot na. I
1: love my dog, baby I love my
2: dog.
0: And now let's get on with today's program of the Juno Report. And Welcome to episode four of the Juno Report. Today we have two features. The first is going to be from the Summer Convention of Guide Dog Users Incorporated, and it's the feature we always look forward to. It's the report from the Guide Dog Schools. It's the Guide Dog School Tales. And then following the Guide Dog School Tales, we will have a special announcement from GDUI President Penny Reeder. So now let's go right away to our guide dog schools liaison Vicki Curley who will uh, take us through this next segment entitled guide dog school tales.
3: Guide dogs of the desert like I said is is sorry that they were not able to be here but are grateful that GDUI is allowing them to present their update Uh, they are using two breeds at this time they're using Labrador Retrievers and hypoallergenic standard poodles and their classes will never be over six people at a time. Um, they ask you to please feel free to look at their website, which is guide dogs of the for any specifics on applying to them for a dog. Um, the last few months uh, for them have been quite a few changes. And they want to highlight just a few of them, a few personnel uh, changes. They have a new executive director. His name is Ben Shermer. He has a law degree, and he has also worked at several different nonprofit organizations. He brings a wealth of knowledge with regard to fundraising (laughs) experience uh, to the school, the breeding program is now back on campus, and they really like this because they are able to now keep everything, you know, close together. Especially when the little puppies come, and it really helps with the bonding process, and uh, certainly saves their kennel staff from having to travel back and forth. They like being able to have the new babies right on campus there. Who wouldn't want to snuggle with a little puppy? (laughs) Take a few home. (laughs) They have a new director of client services named Tim Hindman. I think I'm saying that correctly. He brings uh, many experience regarding the blind community. He is a low vision specialist and a mobility instructor. He has supervised at the New Hampshire Rehabilitation Department of Rehab. I'll get this right here. So they've obviously had quite a few uh, different personnel changes. The the um, he works with the director of training as well as the they they work together so as to get the maximum success um, with their placements. They have a new admissions coordinator, Celeste. She does a wonderful job making sure that applications are completed. And Linda Somaski, and she's the one that I've been corresponding with. She's terrific. Between all of them, they make sure that their students are prepared for the 28-day boot camp known as guide dog school. (laughs) they obviously their goal is to provide them with the best possible match that will fit into their lifestyle and um... they want to make sure they know about any health issues that the uh... potential uh, applicants have this will really enable the instructors to find the best match they also do quite a bit of assistance with regard to other needs um, that a blind or visually impaired, uh, impaired person might have i found that really fascinating Um, she shared a little bit more about that but in the interest of time I'm going to move on but uh, that's really cool Um, I was really impressed with that so if any of their clients need other uh, services um, they're also very good for those that aren't quite ready to receive a guide dog yet Um, uh, with regard to helping them get the necessary services so as to be able to train eventually with a guide dog Um, So again, thank you to Guide Dogs of the Desert for uh, their door prize and just a wonderful program. So I am moving over to the table here. Hello. And we will start passing this microphone around. I've got Becky here, and she will tell you all about i I'll get the letters right.
2: Hi, everybody. Oh, my goodness. It's Becky Davidson and my brand new guide dog ballad. We just graduated on June 21st. And uh, she... Loud Lawson is happily retired in Ohio. Um, And we're happy to be here. My husband, Ron, is not in the room, but he's here. And also class supervisor Miranda Beckman and field representative Lisa Durlith are here. They'll be at the, the 415 presentation, so you'll get to meet them then. Um... I am manager of consumer outreach and graduate support at Guiding Eyes. Uh, I now actually work remotely from Charlotte, North Carolina. Any North Carolinians in here? Yay! Okay. I know there's a south... No, I know that Don and Glenn are here. Um, So so what's going on at Guiding Eyes for the Blind? We had a major construction project that we completed um, this past winter, and what we've done is revamped our dining room, um, created kind of a coffee bar effect, um, high top and low top tables, and, and a, a bar area, the coffee bar area um, that you can sit at. It's kind of a neat thing to get your dogs used to. Um, and we, our running guides program, which started several years ago, continues to, to grow and thrive. Um, Our CEO actually ran a half marathon using three different dogs just to show how it can be done in New York City. Um, I don't run personally, so I cannot speak from experience about the program. I just run for my life once in a while. Um, Our special needs program has been renamed. It's now called Specialized Training we feel that's more descriptive of what the program actually is. And it's a program that trains guide dogs first, but then the dog may receive additional training to accommodate additional challenges. We do have a deaf-blind program. Um, we work with people who may have balance issues, uh, some, some cognitive issues, uh, any number of things. Um, so that program continues to, to grow, and the wait list, unfortunately, is quite long for it. Um, We have a three-week residential program, and the first week of it is sort of everybody doing the, the initial tasks with their dogs. And then once you get through that first week, we really customize our training so that each individual in class is able to work on stuff that they know they're going to be working on at home. So we're able to do that, and that works. And I I know all this personally because I just came out of class. I just just did it. Um, We have a home training program that is primarily for for veteran guide dog users, or at least if you've had more than one, or or maybe your second dog. It's primarily for people who just can't get away um, for family or work reasons or any number of reasons. So that is available to people. For returning Guiding Eyes graduates who need it and and can do it, we have our Action Program, which is a home and away type of a program. Um, You come in for 10 days and then you finish up with one of our field representatives or senior staff at home. And you work with a separate instructor while you're in class. So it's called the Action Program. Um, Let's see, what else? I think um, otherwise things have pretty much Continued as they are, we average about 175 graduating teams a year. We are still training primarily primarily Labradors. However, we are uh, continuing to breed German shepherds. And so while there is a wait list for German shepherds, there are German shepherds coming along nicely. So we're continuing with that. And I think I will pass this along, and then if there are questions for me or any of the rest of us, I'll be happy to answer them.
4: I'm Diane Bergeron, I'm with CNIB Guide Dogs, and I've got my back to most of you, but I can't turn around because I have a dog in the way. (laughs) Um, So CNIB Guide Dogs is a brand new program. Uh, We graduated our first set of seven dogs, um, uh, first set of dogs last November. So we've only been in the business a little while. However, CNIB itself, the Canadian National Institute for the Blind, um, is a primary service provider for Canadians who are blind or partially sighted, and we celebrated our 100th birthday last year. Um, I have not been there since it started, so. Um, <laughs> uh, but I was at the party to celebrate it. Um, and two, two and a half years ago, we started with our first two puppies, and we will be graduating in the next month, uh, our next three, so we'll have ten in total graduates by the end of this month. Um, in total, we have 69 uh, dogs going at, at various stages, either graduating, puppy raising, and, or so on. We are not doing our own breeding as of yet. We currently get our, our dogs uh, from a breeder in Australia. And we are using Labradors, Golden Retrievers, and Crosses. Um, we have three streams in our program. So obviously, primarily, we're a guide dog program, so we bring dogs into the to the program to be a guide dog. If, for whatever reason, um, they do not become a guide dog, either due to medical or due to um, anxiety or personality or whatever it is, we have two other streams that we're using. So the, one is our ambassador dog program. The dog will go out with either our advocacy team, our fund development team um, or one of our service providers and the dog will then go into schools and become our public education program so they get to be ambassadors and then the other program is our buddy program where we take children and youth who are blind or partially sighted and we match them up with one of the dogs and they get to learn how to take care of a dog so that when they become old enough to get a guide dog they're prepared for the grooming feeding, poop picking and um, Walking and understanding that you can't just take it like a cane and stick it in a closet for a week if you don't feel like getting up. So, uh, we work with the children and their families to make sure that they're prepared for everything uh, so that they know what they're getting into when the time comes. So, that's the three streams that we are doing at this point. Uh, we currently only train with clients in Canada, um, and that's primarily because that's our mandate, but also because we're such a small school and there's a gap right now that needs to be filled. Um, in Canada. We did a survey a couple of years ago, and for various reasons, um, 75% of Canadian guide dog users go to the United States for their dogs. And I don't know, there's various reasons, but um, we want to make sure that there's an option in Canada for people to come. Um, I should say that with me here... Today from CNIB Guide Dogs, we have Shannon Simpson, who is our marketing director of marketing and communications. Shannon, you want to say hi so we know where you are. Hi, everyone, out in the front. And didn't realize, but I'm She's taking my picture. I didn't sign anything. <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> and, <laughs> and also with me is one of our uh, very talented GDMIs, uh, Ben Francis. Where are you, Ben? Right there. So, some of you may actually, who some of us who have been around a long time will know Ben's dad, Brian Francis. Oh, Brian!
2: Oh my God! Yeah.
4: Yes. So, Ben being a chip off the old block, it's a family business. Um, so, and we have um, we have one one other uh, working GDMI. We have two GDMIs that are our managing staff, and we have two apprentices who are about to become GDMIs by the end of this year. Um, <laughs> We have one facility uh, that we have in a place called Beckwith outside of Ottawa, Ontario, and it's just a kennel. We are not doing residential training in a facility. We do take people to do a blended program in a hotel setting, and we also do domicile, depending on the circumstances, the situation, um, whether the person is nearby, far away, whatever. So we are doing, and we will be expanding... The program, we are currently looking to expand into Western Canada and Eastern Canada, and we have puppy raisers in Halifax, um, various places around Ontario, Manitoba, and we're about to have puppy raisers in Saskatchewan. Mm. So, um, we're here, we'd be happy to answer any questions. If they're about training, Ben will answer them. Um, (laughs) But I think that's it, thanks. All right, where are you? Right here.
3: Thank you so much, Diane, this is the cutest thing. There is a dreaming doggy over here, and the only thing cuter than a dreaming dog is a dreaming puppy. <laughs> oh, man, and I could never get, when I was raising puppies for Seeing Eye, I would try desperately to get a recording, and as soon as I would get that thing going, <laughs> they would stop. <laughs> of course. All right, who do we have here? A uh, Deanne.
5: All right, Deanne. I'm from Southeastern Guide Dogs. We're in Palmetto, Florida, which is between Sarasota and Tampa. We train Golden's Labs and the Cross of the Two Golden Doors. We have about thirty-five hundred teams in the field, fifty-five alumni, team, alumni teams that we visit every year. Um, there's so much information. I don't know how much I want to give. We have our classes are twenty-one days. Uh, we have. We train guide dogs, and we also train PTSD dogs. That training is 11 days. We have about 20 instructors. We have three full-time field reps. I'm a field rep for Southeastern, and we have two part-time field reps. Um, we have a few different programs for dogs that don't make it into the program. We have dogs for children and youth. Um, it's a kid's companion program for, I believe it's up from, I don't i don't remember the beginning age, but it 's up to teenage years and then we have a guide dog's camp, which is from fourteen to seventeen years of age where the the kids actually come to the school for the weekend and get to work with the dog so they learn what it 's like to have a guide dog yeah we uh, we have an eighteen year old eighteen and up policy however sometimes like a lot of the schools we will do younger younger kids we just graduated our first team last year i believe hope was 16 or 17 um what else can i say we are we just finished our we had a lot of construction going on at the, at our school we finished most of that and now this year they are starting the gym for students coming into class and they're also opening a i don't know the the full name of it, a hydrotherapy conditioning program by the Vet Center. Yep, very cool. And in in addition to that, we have, we just received a $5 million donation for, we are going to have our vet costs paid for, for the graduates. So that is in the beginning stages. We're beginning to roll that out, and eventually, probably within the next year, we will have that taken care of. Um, There's about, Ten, we have about 10 classes a year of guide dogs and then five classes of PTSD dogs. Um, I think that's pretty much our, our success rate is about 97, 97%. Oh, awesome. Yeah. All there
3: right. we go. Thank you so very much, Deanne. I can't tell you how much fun I've had getting to talk with people through email and <laughs> texts and all that wonderful stuff. It's been great. I feel like I know them already. <laughs>
6: Good afternoon. Jim Kutch here with my Seeing Eye dog, Vegas. Obviously, I'm from the Seeing Eye. And uh, I'm going to just focus on the updates, things that are maybe new or different this year from the Seeing Eye. I'm going to assume you did your homework and looked at all the basic stuff. So the big excitement for us is 90 years. We are the oldest school in the industry. And uh, if you're a Seeing Eye graduate, or even if you're not, stop by our booth, number 11, across the, across the way, and pick up a 90th anniversary seeing eye lapel pin, which we're giving out at the booth. So please stop by and grab one of those. Um, we are also celebrating with a graduate reunion. Now this one unfortunately, if you're not a Seeing Eye graduate, stop listening for a minute. But if you're a Seeing Eye graduate, we do this about every 10 years. The last time we did it was obviously 10 years ago for our 80th anniversary. But we will be having uh, hundreds of Seeing Eye graduates and their dogs and families come to Morristown, New Jersey, stay in the hotel for a three-day weekend class reunion for all classes of the, of the Seeing Eye. So that's big news. The other big news this year is we have just completed an uh, an and addition on one of our kennels. Previously, our dogs, during training, were in two different buildings, a newer one and an older one. We built a, put an addition on the newer one, and now all the dogs will be able to live in the newer building with newer, more modern facilities for, for the dogs during training. And lastly... The Seeing Eye will soon have a new president because I will be retiring sometime this fall. The date's not yet been announced. And we are very close, but I can't share today, to announcing who our new president will be. So stay tuned, watch your email, uh, and expect something to come out very, very soon as we uh, pass the, uh, the leadership of the Seeing Eye off to a, uh, a very qualified new individual who will be uh, hopefully leading the organization into its 100th anniversary. Thanks very much.
7: Hello, everyone. Thanks for coming out today. My name is Chris Eastwood. I am an instructor with the Fidelco Guide Dog Foundation. Fidelco is located in central Connecticut, and as you may know, Fidelco exclusively (laughs) breeds, trains, and places German Shepherd guide dogs. Yes, and... um, We also exclusively do the in-community placements, where we will take the dog out to you, and we will stay in a hotel near your home, no matter where you're located, in the United States or Canada, and we will help assimilate the dog into your life and lifestyle. It is a 10-day long placement if you are a successor or you've had one of our dogs in the past. It is about a 12-day placement if you've had a dog from another organization, and a 15-day placement if you are a first-time guide dog user okay so a couple new changes this year at Fidelco Um, we've had a a few people come in and come out our CEO Elliot Russman has retired and we are currently still in the process of looking for instead of a CEO a new executive director Uh, we have also hired three new apprentices one of which is with me here Spencer And uh, if you swing by our booth, you can meet Spencer as well. Um, We have two other apprentices that will be graduating and becoming qualified this summer, which is very exciting. Um, We let's see. Our director of training, Tommy Murad, has traveled to the National Breeding Center of Guide Dogs in UK to share and learn information with them. And Fidelco will be receiving a breed mother from Europe in exchange for genetics from the Fidelco Guide Dog Lines, which is pretty exciting stuff. Yeah. Uh, Some of you may know Gretchen fisher Orr. She is a uh, trainer, instructor, and an orientation and mobility instructor with Fidelco for 16 years. She has recently retired and uh, switched careers to... An orientation and mobility instructor for the Carroll Center near Boston. So she's doing very well, and we're all very happy for her. Um, trainer instructor Eric Gardell. He is a placement specialist. He's he, yep. If uh, if you've worked with Fidelki, you likely know Eric, and he has transitioned from the placement specialist role, working in the field with our students and graduates to a leadership position in the puppy raising department, so he's our new puppy coordinator, and he will be working locally in southern New England with our volunteer puppy raiser base. Uh, Fidelco is working closely with Roughwear uh, to help develop their their new harness, and uh, perhaps may get involved with uh, distributing their harnesses once they are um, ready for um, everyone to use. And um, I'll plug something that uh, I'm pretty excited about. I, some of you, if you uh, know me personally, you may know I'm a painter. And I've started a mural program at Fidelco. So if anyone ever wants to get involved, you can commission a kennel mural. Uh, each in, we, have about, we have about 100 kennels at the, the Fidelco Guide Dog Campus. And we're trying to fill them all up with personalized murals that and anyone can pick the content, you name it. Uh, so. That's pretty exciting stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Um, One thing I just want to mention is uh, Fidelco does uh, service the entire United States and Canada. At one time we did focus on New England and the Northeast, but uh, we are servicing uh, the entire United States and Canada now. So we have graduates all over, uh, salt and peppered across our nation and Canada. Well, thank you for your time, everyone, and hope to,
8: hope to see you around. Thank you, Chris. All right, hello, guys. Hi, I'm Rivie Israel, I'm Guide Dog Program Manager at Guide Dog Foundation. Uh, we are the easternmost guide dog school in America. Uh, can't get any more east than us. Uh, so we have a, a two-week guide dog program uh, that we have uh, where we have a two-client-to-one instructor ratio. Uh, We also have a sister organization, America's Vet Dogs. I'm sure you probably heard the name, uh, especially with Sully and President Bush. Uh, So that is our sister organization. uh, And uh, so we do place uh, service dogs for our veterans. Uh, This past year, we graduated 153 teams uh, between the service dog and guide dog programs. Uh, We graduated 77 guide dogs and 76 service dogs, so we're really proud of that number because that is the most in Guide Dog Foundation history of teams that we serviced in one year. So we're very proud of that. Uh, So just uh, some staff updates. Um, We are definitely still providing field service support with our six field service reps. Uh, We have a new field service rep uh, based out in Colorado, Bill Porter. Uh, So he's joined our team. Uh, we have Ellie Carlson, who is doing some contract work with us with the Deafblind program. So, if anybody's interested in a Deafblind program, we do have that program going. Um, and I'm also pleased to announce that we're going to have three qualified GDMIs come fall. Uh, we have our apprentice uh, instructors here today. We have Cameron, uh, we have Christina, and Anna. So, stop by the booth, in, booth and you guys can meet them. Uh, we are at booth A14, by the way, so, stop on by. Um, another fun thing that we have is this past year, I don't know if anybody is a fan of NBC and follows NBC, because uh, we had our puppies with a purpose. Uh, so we had uh, five puppies that were with NBC affiliates. Uh, we had Sonny, who is in New York, um, and uh, so everybody knows who beautiful Sonny is. But here we have Sonny's brother, Izzy. Uh, Christina has Izzy with her right now. And uh, Izzy was actually based out of Atlanta with the NBC program there. And uh, we really appreciated our partnership with NBC. We really were able to uh, educate the public about assistance dogs and kind of get the word out and educate the public as much as possible. Because, as all of you guys know, the more education we can get out there, the better. Um, so we do have our Puppies with a Purpose, and um, another uh, little cool program that we uh, did introduce this year uh, was Step Identification. Uh, so we did have Step Refusal in the past, and we decided we were going to upgrade that program. Uh, so we now have a, uh, int- uh, sorry, uh, the Step Identification program that we're going to be rolling out in our uh, class later on this month. So if you guys want information on that, you can stop by our booth, and we can give you some information on that. Um, but yeah, uh, guess that's probably about it with our uh, updates, but we're still continuing to grow and doing great. So if you guys are interested, we're at booth number 14. All right,
3: thank you so much, Ruby. (laughs) All right, let's see. Oh, here is Linda.
9: Hi, I'm Linda from Guide Dogs of America. I just want to let you know that um, we are trying to We're breeding all three breeds now. Um, We have our Labradors and we're slowly bringing back our Shepherds, we've had a few of them that we've graduated. We also are trying to um, do our Golden Retrievers, we actually have puppies now that were just born. So we're gonna see how things work out. Also, um, just wanna let you know that um, we still only graduate between 55 and 60 teams a year. Each class has about nine to 10 students And at that ratio, um, it's with three instructors in that class. Just to let you know that we um, have a new graduate um, service. He's one of our graduates that um, when people call into our school, they can talk to him, he can relate to you guys what's going on and give you great information. Also, just to let you know that... um, we also do in-homes. We do about three to five a year, depending on our staff. And when we do an in-home training, it's usually with our retrains or if it depends on someone's personal needs that they need to do an in-home and can't come into our classes. Um, we also have um, two two apprentice instructors. One of them's here with me on this trip, ACB, and she's at our booth, so come and introduce. Her name is Tiffany. Um, we also have... Um, Five license or license? Sorry, so used to California. (laughs) Two and I mean five instructors. (laughs) I know that's pretty bad. (laughs) No, but um, you know we we still service the U.S. and uh, along with Canada with our clients. So please come by our booth, and we'll share more information. Oh, and let me tell you this. I'm sorry. We did redo our dorms. We just actually finished them in January. So everything's upgraded. We have a lot of electrical devices in the rooms now. It's almost set up like you're in a hotel. (laughs) Okay.
3: All right. All right. Thank you, Linda. All right. All right. So here's David from Leader. Try not to stick that in your
1: ear. I'll try. Hi, folks. This is David Locklin from LeaderDogs. Um, hope you're all well. So what's new and what have we still continue to do at Dogs? So um, actually from the class that came in on Sunday um, was the first class that's going to be our three weeks. So LeaderDog has gone to a three-week class uh, cycle now, so going forward. So traditionally it used to be the 25, 26 day and some occasional three weeks. Uh, so all of our in class for three weeks um, so uh, a new program or more formalized is what we're calling the flex program so that's really for clients who um, maybe can't spend the entire time in class, have a need to get back to work, those types of things um, maybe family situations and so may well spend two weeks in the, re- in the regular class and then a week of follow up at home either with the instructor who's been uh, training them in class or a field representative. We also continue to do our in-home training, uh, again, for graduates or new clients. Um, Very much depends on, again, the individual's specific needs. We have our deaf-blind program that continues to go. Um, and also our warm weather and urban training as well that we do. So we do warm weather once a year in February, and our urban training twice a year, either in the fall or, or spring. The warm weather is down in Naples in Florida. Um, so yeah, it's nice and warm in, in February compared to Michigan. Um, and. Typically that's, that's been more so for deafblind clients, especially those utilizing tactile ASL, um, but for any other client that may well benefit from training in a, in a warmer climate. Uh, and our urban training is actually over in Chicago. So again, a little like the FLEX program, we'll spend two weeks on campus in Rochester and then head out uh, to Chicago for that final week of exposure. Uh, We have our orientation and mobility program, um, and we're actually going to be soon hopefully adding an an additional orientation and mobility instructor. So um, that program has typically served around 100 uh, clients, um, and we're hoping to be 120, 130, something like that with the additional body. Uh, Guide dog, we're around 170 this year, and we're looking at uh, 200 for the next fiscal, all being well. Uh, Oh, going back to the guide dog so uh, breeds that we use Labradors, uh, golden retrievers uh, cross of those two German Shepherds still and actually we've just had some German Shepherd cross golden retrievers in as well that we're trialing a little bit so we'll see how those guys roll oh sorry my team told me it's Labrador cross golden retrievers They, they, they look the same I was just testing them Make sure they're paying attention in meetings. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay, moving on. So we also have in the summer in June our summer camp, which is a week-long summer camp for kids who are 16 and 17. Um, A variety of activities from leadership to, I mean, just just some great fun rock climbing and all that sort of stuff. Um, And then there's a full day um, with with the GDMI and a a dog. So just giving some exposure to what it may or may not be like uh, to obviously have a guide dog. Uh, and then just wrapping up here so well, I just want to introduce the team so we have a number of guide dog mobility instructors with me, we have Meredith Bride, Ashley Nunley uh, we have apprentice deafblind instructor, Emily Sharp um, GDMI Alyssa Osrovitz Heidi Volrath who's just about to complete her apprenticeship uh, and Kate Roberts as well who's a GDMI um, and then one of the team change that's coming up, some of you may know Rod Hainline Um, he's going to be retiring this time next year, so actually uh, we're going to be transitioning, so we have Lorene Sudan with us as well, who's currently our chief financial officer who will transition to be our chief operating officer, so she will be my new boss, so shh, don't turn around (laughs) and that's it alrighty, thank you all right, and we need GDB. Where are we? Uh, good
10: afternoon, everybody. Uh, glad to be here. Uh, my name is Jake Cook. I'm the Community Outreach Specialist with Guide Dogs for the Blind. I'm excited to be at the ACB. Uh, this is my first national ACB convention, so glad to be here. Uh, the team we have from Guide Dogs for the Blind this year is uh, Will Henry, Field Service Manager, Pam Berman. outreach alumni representative based in Chicago and Rabia Dow our new director of outreach and advocacy so we're happy to be here Uh, lots going on at guide dogs for the blind certainly lots of commonalities in the room between schools so this might seem like uh, a bit of a theme Um, one thing that's uh, unique to us is our orientation and mobility immersion program Uh, it's uh, fully underway fully operational Uh, It's a six day long program designed to give people who are blind or visually impaired uh, interested in a guide dog or perhaps not um, some more transferable skills. We know that there is, uh, to quote Mark Gillard our O&M services manager, an O&M crisis in this country and we're trying to do our part to help people become qualified for a guide dog or just to to build up their skill sets. Um, So we've graduated uh, 88 uh, people so far Um, We partner with three different agencies. The San Francisco Lighthouse can take six at a time. The Earl Baum Center in Santa Rosa, California, they can take two at a time. It's a little bit more of a rural experience um, or a smaller town environment. Uh, And we just recently launched a partnership with Wayfinders just outside L.A. And they can also take two... uh, clients at a time. We've worked with California School for the Blind. They've taken six teens and we put them through this program as well uh, with the great success and a couple of them have gone on to apply and be accepted for guide dogs so very very exciting. Uh, if you have more questions about the on immersion program or anything discussed today be, uh, we'd be happy to talk to you about that. Uh, moving on we have an alumni reunion this year. It'll be held in Portland, Oregon in October. Uh, we're expecting about 200 graduates to attend. Uh, we do these every other year, and Teresa Stern and her team have been working very hard um, to put together an excellent program. Uh, our puppy center, we are nearing completion. Uh, it's been a while, hoping to move in in uh, late 2019. Uh, and we're just trying to modernize our systems. So the idea is that we're working to um, develop an environment for breeding uh, and raising our puppies. Uh, for the first eight weeks in an environment that's going to be conducive to them becoming guide dogs. So we're really looking at um, how can we set these dogs up for success Uh, essentially from day one, and we're hoping the Puppy Center is going to do that for us. It's an amazing space. Um, There's also going to be a public education component um, to the building, Um, so members of the public will be able to understand our programs in a more uh, dynamic and interactive way. So very excited about that, really looking forward to to completion. Mm Um, and then, as far as uh, our outreach and advocacy efforts, as I mentioned, Rabia Dow is our new director of outreach and advocacy. Um, he will be tasked with directing the outreach efforts of our school as well as taking on um, work in the advocacy field. Um, we also have myself, a community outreach specialist, so I work with. Uh, the admissions department, uh, philanthropy, and community outreach. Um, so we're hoping to to support our clients and the greater guide dog community um, by getting more involved in advocacy and having a, a more proactive approach, as opposed to waiting till something happens and then trying to react and, and re-educate and retool that sort of thing. So we're really excited about that moving forward. We're still in the planning stages. Um, we're setting up a strategy right now. Uh, It's been really exciting. We also have a youth outreach specialist, Jane Flower, for those of you that know her. Um, She's doing an excellent job. Um, So we're targeting, um, one of the areas we're we're looking at is working with um, transition-aged youth. Uh, The uh, state services are going more towards transition-aged youth. There's a lot of funding going that direction. It's also an area that we feel we could do a better job at serving. Um, We had our guide dog, um, Camp GDB, as we call it, Camp Guide Dogs for the Blind, a couple weeks ago. Had 19 students. It was the first time we've had that many, and it was great. I was a part of that, and it was a lot of fun. Um, Sort of similar to leader dog, uh, you know, it's a guide dog experience, so we give them a chance to walk with a dog. Um, They have a dog overnight, so they get to hang out with a dog for the evening. Kids love it. We teach them basic uh, handling, um, socializing, grooming, obedience, relieving, of course, feed water, all that good stuff. Uh, as long as well as all the other um, camp activities. Um, we hold this program in uh, Sandy, Oregon, at the Oral Hall Foundation for the Blind. It's been a wonderful partnership, excellent location, and Oregon is, is fantastic in, in the summertime. Um, so we're doing that. Uh, Jane Flower is also tasked with helping to develop our canine buddy programs. So similar to the other dog buddy programs in the room, we give um, dogs to people who are, uh, excuse me, youth who are blind or visually impaired and their families. Um, we've seen uh, direct correlation in the increased uh, independence, uh, social skills, uh, and, and confidence by giving a child who's blind or visually impaired a well-trained dog. Uh, these are not service dogs. Um, they do not cover, they're not covered by, excuse me, they're not covered by any of the uh, laws, uh, but they're great companions, uh, and it's sort of a gateway program to, to our guide dog program. Um, so we're very excited about that. We're growing that program currently. And again, Jane Flower has been working with um, our canine um, placement team to, to make that happen. So those are some of the updates uh, with Guide Dogs for the Blind. Um, just I'll give a quick overview. Certainly, you're certainly welcome to um, ask us any questions afterwards. Uh, we have a two-week training program, uh, two-to-one client-to-instructor ratio. We take six clients at a time every two weeks. Uh, We have two campuses, one located in San Rafael, California, North San Francisco Bay, and another located in a town ironically called Boring Oregon. (laughs) (laughs) I can never say that with a straight face. Uh, (laughs) That's the campus I work at. Uh, I live just outside of... uh, I'm not boring, though, all right? (laughs) Yeah, so um, that's sort of a a little bit of our programs because we have a complement of um, follow-up services, veterinary financial assistance, uh, the support center. Um, We have field representatives that serve uh, all the regions in the United States and Canada. Uh, We do serve clients in all 50 states in Canada. Uh, So a complement of uh, services to uh, support clients after training as well. Uh, We breed Labradors, golden retrievers, and a Labrador golden retriever crossbreed. They're lovely dogs. Uh, And, yeah, uh, just glad to be able to give this school update. If you have any other questions, feel free to um, reach out to myself or any member of our team. And uh, thank you so much.
3: Thank you you so much, Jake. Um, I think that's the group. I didn't forget anybody, did I? Oh good! Oh good! Um, I, for, before we entertain questions, I do want to thank all the wonderful instructors that have come here. They have been so helpful with our orientation and just being available to help out. And I can't thank you all enough for that. Um, I have two questions. How does the deaf-blind
0: program work? Do the dogs get extra training for the person who can't
1: hear? Hi This is David from Leaderdog, so um, they, our dogs do, so the the team not only have been working of course on the guide work aspects and preparing the dog for individuals very specifically. So if it's somebody who maybe has um, some balance issues, then we may well prepare the dog for those types of things. So definitely specifically to the dog's needs. Uh, and the team have also been working on additional alerts. So if there's somebody at the door, actually alerting the person that there's somebody at the door, those types of things. Um, and actually we're looking at what are the what are the uh, behaviours we can start to teach the dogs to do um, that may well help somebody who's deafblind within their home?
2: Hi, it's Becky from Guiding Eyes. We also um, one of the things that the dogs in the deafblind program are are trained to work really from hand signals. A number of our deafblind clients are not verbal, so the hand signal is is very important, um, and just. Um, we also ha- provide interpreters, um, ASL interpreters, are, uh, th- that can work with our staff and uh, make sure that the individual, the communication is very strong during the training process. And we do a lot of follow-up in the home areas as well.
8: Hi, it's Ruby from Guide Dog Foundation. Uh, we also do have a deafblind program. Uh, what we do with our Deaf by Blind program, very similar to uh, Leader and Guiding Eyes, uh, but we do home-based training for um, our consumers. So, but pretty much the training is very similar. Um, we do not have any uh, hearing alert tasks put on the dog either. So that's kind of a slight little difference. Oh, wait, so. we have a question up here. P-
2: Penny has a question. She's my president. I have to do it.
8: <laughs> that's, it's a privilege of presidency, right? Um, so I get more questions. Um, uh, This is a question I get most often, whether or two. One is, what schools do hypoallergenic dogs? And I know that GDA does. Um, And the other question is, is anybody thinking about wheelchairs and guide dogs? Thank you. Yes. Because nobody seems to be doing it anymore, and a lot of people are really wishing for it. So thank you. Hello, Rivi Israel again uh, for Guide Dog Foundation. Uh, we do have poodles that we do use um, as a hypoallergenic dog. Uh, those dogs, uh, for, I'm sorry, those consumers, we do want a documented allergy. Uh, so as long as you can provide a documented allergy for uh, your doctor, then we will certainly service you with a poodle. Uh, regarding wheelchair dogs, unfortunately, we do not have a wheelchair program. Did you all hear that? No, I don't have the mic. No, Vicki just
2: said that Guide Dogs of the Desert does have hypo, hypoallergenic dogs in their program, poodles primarily. Um, I just want to say, um, I would not say that we're not thinking about wheelchairs because I think all of us would love to find a way to do it, but I think um, the process of training both the dog and the individual um, is much more intense and much more involved um, than we often realize so we would lo- all love to see a, a way to train a guide dog to guide a wheelchair um, and we're open to ideas and suggestions so you know I think we all need to think about it. it is it is a group of people that it would be really wonderful to be able to serve but there are many many things to consider about that process. I just am fascinated in San
3: Rafael when you're talking about the Puppy Center. I really would like to know what you intend to do to set a little puppy up to be a successful guide dog from day one. What are some of the specifics that you're doing?
10: Yeah, great question. Um, So some of the things that we're trying to do is expose these dogs to the sights and sounds of the world um, in a controlled way, right? We can't take a little puppy out and put him in downtown San Francisco or even downtown San Rafael. Um, they're not immunized at this point. But we can do some things uh, in the kennel environment and on our campus. Uh, for example, there's a set of stairs, a very small set of stairs. We're talking just a few inches uh, height. Um, And each one of them has a different surface. One of them is carpeted. One of them is like linoleum. I think one even has truncated domes on it. Um, Just some different surfaces to start exposing the dogs to what surfaces look like. What do they feel like? How do they perceive these surfaces in a positive, controlled way? Uh, we also use different types of kennel enrichment toys uh, that might be brightly colored. They might, may, might make some different sounds. Um, we spend a lot of time socializing these puppies from the very beginning. In fact, we have a very um, lovely group of volunteers called Puppy Socializers. They are the highest, highest coveted volunteer job you can get and people hold these jobs for twenty, thirty, forty years. Every Monday, darn it, John Smith is going to be handling, you know, puppies, and then Tuesday it's Jane, you know, right? And it's been like that for a long time. Um, so we're, we're we're looking into different ways to expose these puppies to to the sounds in the world around them, again in a safe way. So again, toys, surfaces being handled, um, just exposing them. Um, You know, in a way that's comfortable for them so that they can be um, more successful out in the field. We're also looking at, uh, we have a committee looking at health. Uh, Right from the get-go, we want them to be as healthy as possible. So are there ways we can change our biosecurity measures so that the dogs um, are, you know, maybe try to keep them from getting sick uh, in any way, shape, or form. Um, Not that that's an issue, but it's certainly something we can always improve on. Anybody who knows anything about kennel operation knows that Get a lot of dogs together, and um, it can be—it's a big job to keep them clean and sanitary. And we're pretty good at it.
2: I'm—I'm I'm really, really sorry. We do have to bring the questions to a close. I don't mean to be rude, and I'm loving the questions, but we do have to move on to the next thing. Thank you all to all the representatives of the school for being here and for sharing your expertise.
0: Let's wrap up this month's Juno report by reading part of a letter from Guide Dog Users Incorporated President Penny Reader the time has come once again for you to renew your guide dog users membership. We truly appreciate your involvement in GDUI and your gifts of time and money. Because of your support and involvement, GDUI continues to assist guide dog users by offering empathetic advice and information, by educating members of the general public regarding our dogs and the independent lifestyle they allow us to enjoy, and by advocating with led- legislators, businesses, and officials for a safe environment and welcoming communities. Our disaster assistance and preparedness program assists guide dog users with dog-related expenses that can occur in the aftermath of disasters like hurricanes, devastating wildfires, tornadoes, or any of the other catastrophes that can befall any one of us. GDUI continues to work with our affiliates and individuals as well as federal, state, and local governmental entities to support legislation and regulations to deal effectively and fairly with people whose untrained pets or emotional support animals can interfere with our safety and that of our dogs. We are committed to helping our members develop self-advocacy skills via interactions with our advocacy committee and G-D-U-I empathizers, and educating pet owners and other members of the public about the hazards that untrained or ill-behaved pets masquerading as service animals can pose to our legitimate guide dogs and the safety of our guide dog teams. We are still awaiting the U.S. Department of Transportation notice of proposed rulemaking and PRM regarding new regulations for the Air Carrier Access Act. We insist that our voices are heard during the ongoing deliberative processes which will culminate in these new regulations. When that NPRM is released, which may be as soon as this month, GDUI expects to advocate strongly for enforcement of our civil rights when we travel through airports, book airline tickets, and while we are on board aircraft with our dogs. In addition, we plan to collect data from guide dog users who fly with their dogs to document the good, mediocre, and too often unacceptable treatment we receive while flying, and to make this information available to to the various airlines, airport control entities, the Transportation Security Administration, and our members gduI's Public Relations Committee has worked together with our Webmaster and our web hosting service to assure that our website is secure and easy to navigate, and that our email discussion lists, our Facebook groups, and our Twitter presence provide a safe and convenient venue for lively and informative discussion. In addition, we continue to work to optimize our web pages to make ours the most informative and most frequently visited site for guide dog users and others who are interested in guide dogs and our civil rights under the laws. Our informative announcements distributed on our website and via email continue to be well received and shared widely. We Uh, Plan to broaden uh, their content to include some longer articles, interviews, and stories contributed by members of the Guide Dog community at all levels, and to expand the venues where readers can access their content. The return of our monthly GDUI Juno report has been greeted enthusiastically by guide dog users everywhere who access the monthly program via ACB radio streaming audio as well as podcasts which can be enjoyed from home computers, smartphones, and even smart speakers. The handbook for prospective guide dog users, published in 2019, has been received gratefully by many who want to learn about guide dogs for themselves or people they may know who are blind. And we are so pleased that the National Library Service for the Blind and Print Disabled, as well as Bookshare, are making the book available for members. We expect to complete the process of updating all of the guide dog school surveys on our website, which allow people to compare the various guide dog training programs in order to choose a program that best suits their needs and preferences early next year. We continue to work hard to restore and preserve the traditional democratic values that have guided GDUI since its beginning, including keeping our members informed about issues that are important to guide dog users and involving our members as much as possible in all board-level decision-making. During coming elections in May of 2020, voters will again have the opportunity to approve constitutional amendments, which individual members and our bylaws and resolution committees will propose to reinforce our democratic values and eliminate needless bureaucracy. During the 2020 election, new officers will be elected, and we encourage our members to develop the leadership skills that will assure GDUI's viability during coming years. Members are welcome guests at every GDUI board meeting, and there's always an opportunity for members to voice their opinions and offer suggestions. As a board and at all levels of our organization, we continue to be committed to the rule of law and the principles of democracy. The 2020 Um, With 2020 now here, it is once again time to renew your membership in Guide Dog Users Incorporated. Your 2020 membership will help us provide even more services to benefit Guide Dog users, including improving our member outreach by updating brochures and other publications, presenting educational seminars, and holding a spectacular convention next summer in Schaumburg, Illinois, strength. Strengthening relationships with GDUI affiliates in ways that will be mutually beneficial to our individual affiliates and to the national organization as well. A membership in GDUI costs just $25 per person per year and supports all of our services and programs. All memberships begin on January 1st and extend through December 31st, 2020. You can join or renew your membership online by going to http://guidedogusersinc.org/join or You may uh, pay by credit card by calling 866-799-8436. Again, that is 866-799-8436. If you plan to join GDUI in 2020 through one of our affiliates, you need not send us any money directly, since part of your payment to that affiliate will be sent to GDUI on your behalf. If you'd like a current list of GDUI's state affiliates, please contact us. GDUI must supply the National Office of the American Council of the Blind with a list of our current members – in mid-March 2020. Therefore, in order for your name to be included on that list, as well as for you to be eligible to vote in GDUI's next election held in May, please return your membership application to us along with the appropriate payment before March 1st, 2020. GDUI is a rapidly growing and vital organization Dedicated to serving the needs of guide dog users. We thank you for your continued support and promise to continue supporting all of you with information and empathy advocating for the civil rights of all guide dog users, and educating the general public regarding our guide dogs and the many ways they enhance the quality of our lives. Please feel free to contact us with any questions or comments at 866-799-8436. Again, that phone number is 866 799 8436 and it is signed Penny Reader President Guide Dog Users Incorporated You've been listening to the Juno Report Brought to you by Guide Dog Users Incorporated, a special interest affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. The Juno Report is a monthly audio magazine featuring all things guide dogs, training programs, and items of general interest to guide dog teams. We welcome your feedback, ideas, and suggestions. Get in touch with the Juno Report by emailing Report at guidedogusersinc.org. Again, that email address is Juno, J-U-N-O, report at guide dog usersinc.org. Until next month, this is Deb Cook Lewis with the Juno Report saying, be good to your dog.